0: What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today, we're going to be having some very interesting conversations on this Monday afternoon. I hope everybody has a blessed week. I hope everybody is safe and happy and healthy. Um, It's going to be an amazing week. We got a lot of news to talk about. The NFL football season is finally over. We hate to see it. Um, There's so many different things we have to talk about going on with the Super Bowl that happened last night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in what an amazing performance by Tom Brady and a lackluster performance by Patrick Mahomes. Um, It was a very, very tough game for Patrick Mahomes. I will say, going into this conversation and having this debate, um, you know, he did have a foot injury. They did say he's going to be having to have toe surgery or foot surgery after the season's over. Um, If I'm not mistaken, he still has a concussion. There's no doubt about it in my head that he has a concussion. Um... You know, and that's not to say that's the reason why they lost. The reason why they lost is because they were just simply outplayed. There's so many different things we have to break down, have to talk about. This was a pound for pound fight. This was an amazing, amazing legacy type of game. The players in this game, the magnitude of this game, there are so many different storylines within this game about previous teammates who both fell out in Pittsburgh and now are reclaiming, you know, trying to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Brady trying to prove that he is still the GOAT, a rising star, and Patrick Mahomes trying to prove that he could one day be the GOAT. There were just so many different legacies and so many different storylines being told last night, and it's one of those games that will forever be remembered. And, and you know, as crazy as this game was, hats off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hats off to their coach, hats off to their whole organization. They played one hell of a football game, um, and, and it's quite simple. They just were simply outplayed. They really were. On all phases of the ball. They were not protecting Patrick Mahomes at all. The pass rush was insane by Tampa. Um it's just it's just very difficult for me to make this say to make this point that, you know, Bruce Arians was more than ready. And and, and I, I really I didn't expect to even say that. I love him. You know, all respect to him, but I really thought Andy Reid was gonna best him. Excuse me. Um, I really thought he was going to best him. I thought he was going to have one of the most breakout comeback stories ever. Because, you know, he won last year. He had such a hard time trying to win a Super Bowl. And now I thought he was going to go on this rampage of winning th- possibly three straight. Um, But obviously, you know, that, that failed. They failed to execute that. Um, Patrick Mahomes' injury, Tyreek Hill being double teamed almost the entire game. It was very difficult. Bruce Arians really did find a way to match these guys up and play an amazing game. Um. One thing I really wanted to point out in one conversation I really wanted to have is, uh, man, just Patrick Mahomes. It was rough. Patrick Mahomes had 26 for 49, 270 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. It's a rough game by Patrick Mahomes. And I got this stat line for you here. Um, it's actually really interesting, and, and it's a point that not a lot of people are trying to make. It's it's very odd. Patrick Mahomes rushed throughout the whole entire game, 497 yards. Now, only, I believe, 33 of, if I'm not mistaken, 33 of those yards are actually positive yards. Um, but he was just scrambling throughout the entire game. It looked like Lamar Jackson on crack out there. Um, it was just nuts. And, and you know, you hate to see that because 497 yards is a lot of yards. Um, now, for only 33 of them to be positive means that they weren't, all those yards weren't positive plays. And but what I'm trying to say by that is, I know that's a very obvious statement to make, but what I'm saying is... You know this man was running twenty yards backwards right off the snap. I mean the pass rush by Barrett and Sue and all of them was just insane. I mean I didn't even know how to uh, how to say it. I, I was I was a uh, lost for words watching the Super Bowl, watching Patrick Mahomes just attempt to just make a play I mean this man was making plays from the ground making plays while he's falling you know we saw a couple of them and I'll have it in one of the pictures in the on Instagram and Facebook of um one of the throws he tried to make that, I believe it was Tyreek Hill or somebody and, and it hit him right in the head and, it, and Patrick Mahomes is literally like on the ground this man is falling getting tackled um, and he just spins it, you know, and, and it's just a perfect spiral. It's a perfect throw. And the, and the freaking offense just drops the ball. And, and that's what's insane to me. It just they couldn't get it done. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, 10 receptions, 133 yards. Tyree Kill, seven receptions, 73 yards, which is a lot different from when the first time they played each other. Um, I believe he had like over 200 uh, receiving yards, which was insane to me as well. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the Kansas City Chiefs actually did beat the Buccaneers in the regular season. So this was Tom Brady's revenge as well. Now, what I want to point out, though, is just the crazy dynamic of who's playing in this bowl. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the weekend. We're going to talk about everything. Um, but right now, I mean, let's talk about it. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. How do you feel? Antonio Brown... For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a previous star who left because of Big Ben and Mike Tomlin and them, and then Le'Veon Bell for the um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he left for the same reasons. He wanted his money. He didn't like Big Ben. He had problems with AB. He had problems with everybody, um, and Mike Tomlin included. And and it's one of those things where they're both playing against each other in the Super Bowl right now, and the Steelers are at home, and and you and you wonder if. And I'm not going to go on this for a long time. It's not going to be a long tangent, but if you wonder if what would have happened if you would have decided to keep one of them instead of Big Ben? Because as much as as, as great of a season Big Ben had, he's going to be out of the league probably this year or next year. And, and you know, you really just don't know what you have with that. Now, that's all I really wanted to say about that, but what a what a crazy story for those two to finally match up and play against each other. Then you got guys like Tom Brady and Mahomes, the legends. You have Rob Gronkowski, pro- arguably the best tight end in the National Football League, you know, in history. And, and then you have Travis Kelsey, who's someone who is attempting to be a great, just like that, a top five of all time. Um, you got other guys like Tony Gonzalez and others who you can you can easily make. Greg Olsen and others you can make a case for. Um but you know, Rob Gronkowski personally is my number one tight end of the, of, of the history of the NFL. It's, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. It's just because I grew up with him. I'm a little biased. Um, but I mean, just I couldn't name anybody better. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and you know, you other you got guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Sammy Watkins, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Pringle. I mean, it, it, Antonio Brown. It, the list just goes on and on and on. This was deep. This was insane. And this was just a talented roster. You have, um, you know, on defense as well, Chris Jones. You have Barrett. Um, it just—I could go on all day. Now we're gonna talk about somebody, the Badger boy, um, in a little bit, and all of those penalties. Um, it, I mean, Tyran just—it was a horrible game. It was—it was a horrible game for him. And here's why. And and I'll, and I'll make it true for Tyran. I love him, the Badger. You know him himself. Um, I always butcher his name. I think it's Matthew, um, Tyran Matthew, the Badger. It's it's one of those things though, where when you have that C on your chest, I, I shouldn't see you trying to fight Tom Brady on the on the after a play on the sideline. I shouldn't see you making these easy penalties and cussing out the refs. I shouldn't see you literally just complaining the entire game. Now I understand it might not be going your way. I do understand that, and and some of the calls you know were very questionable. But the majority of them were pretty straight up, I have to say. They were pretty straight up. As somebody who played safety, I compl- you know the tripping call. The tripping call was one of the more interesting ones because I understand that the defender fell as well. The defender fell, he grazed his foot, causing him the trip, um, causing the receiver to trip. And, you know, you hate that. You really do. You hate that because it's like I didn't do anything. I fell. It was not intentional. But the rules are the rules. I have done this plenty of times, whether it be in lacrosse, whether it be in um, football, basketball, whatever it is, you know, it just happens. And you have to own it. You have to be like, shit, my bad. You know what I mean? Um, and I hate to say that. I hate to say that because it's like one of those things like, yeah, but it still shouldn't be that way. But it is. And that's the, and that's what these guys know. That's what these guys are paid to understand. You're supposed to understand you know, if you're going to fall, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Avoid him um, by all costs. I mean, it's just – there's nothing else I can really say about that. But for everybody else to complain and say that the refs rigged this game, get out of here. Um, there's nothing There's nothing um, I can say right now to, to make that a point. And, and it's just – I think this was a clean game. I think that one team was just very ready and very healthy, very lucky. Um, and not to say that they didn't deserve it, but by luck, I mean – You know, in a football season, everybody starts off healthy for the most part, and everybody's pretty much equally matched. Anybody can do anything, you know what I mean? Um, But it's until week 17, it's until the playoffs, when, you know, health, um, determination, and just so much, just all plugs into what makes a championship contending team, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we need to talk about. Um... You know, when you talk about a championship-contending team, you think of somebody like Tom Brady. Tom Brady not only proved to us last night that he is the goat; he proved that Bill Belichick was wrong. And Bill Belichick is more of a systematic coach than um, than Tom Brady is. And as a quarterback, I mean, we they made this case that Tom Brady was a systematic quarterback, and that you know he couldn't do it without without um without Bill Belichick. Sorry. And and it was just one of those things where, you know, you knew that Tom was going to make a stand, but nobody really thought he was going to win the Super Bowl. I had them winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously I had the Bears as well, but that's just me every single year. That's how I always play. it. Um, but as a fan, I just have to. But it's just one of those things where I really do look at it and I go, wow, like these guys really did that. These guys are there. These guys made it big. And it's one of those things you really can't just sit there And act like Tom Brady isn't the GOAT. There's a lot of different things I think are going to happen this year with the Patriots because of the fact that Tom Brady did win a Super Bowl um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is his seventh Super Bowl. His seventh Super Bowl. Write that down and read it twice because it's real. This is it. He literally now has more Super Bowls by himself than any team in the league. R- rewind that and play it twice because that's it's just the truth. Tom Brady is without a doubt the goat of football, and and I and I and I'll stand by that. I really will, especially after beating Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, etc., etc. I mean, wow! At the age of forty three, what an amazing game! What an amazing athlete! I mean, I just give him all the props in the world. Now we're gonna get into the stats of things. You know, they lost thirty one to nine. Patrick Mahomes threw zero touchdowns. Um, Clyde Edwards, he- uh, air, uh, nine receptions, 64 yards. Patrick Mahomes, five, uh, not receptions, nine carries. Patrick Mahomes, five carries, 33 yards. Um, Le'Veon Bell did not play. Le'Veon Bell did not play. We already got into the receiving, uh, core of things. You know, now we're on to the Buccaneers as well, though. Tom Brady, 21 for 29. Put up 31 points. Didn't even throw over three, uh, 300 yards. 201 yards. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Amazing performance by Tom Brady. He was spot on. He was hitting all of his targets. Um, you know Leonard Fournette rushed for eighty nine yards on sixteen carries. Um, Jones, Jones the second, twelve carries, sixty one yards. Tom Brady minus two. Um, but he tried. Um, Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns, six receptions for sixty seven yards. Leonard Fournette, four receptions for 46 yards. Mike Evans, one reception uh, for 31 yards. Antonio Brown, five receptions for 22 yards. Chris Godwin, two receptions for nine yards. Um, Breit, three receptions for 26 yards. And uh, that's pretty much it, you know. Um, But as a whole, you know, White had an interception. Uh, Winfield Jr. had an interception. Winfield Jr. is the man. And I will tell you why. And... If you didn't catch it, Tyreek Hill does this thing when he gets a touchdown. He chucks the deuces. He puts up two fingers, um, a peace sign pretty much, whatever that stands for, um, however he's using it. Winfield Jr. blocked a a catch and literally got uh, a penalty for, for taunting because he put those fingers up right in front of Tyreek Hill's face. And Tyreek Hill felt every bit of that. And you could see it in his eyes. Um, one of the craziest things about this, I just think, is you know, like you know, the fact that it's a penalty. I mean, let the kids play, let them have fun. Um, like it, it, was just very unfortunate to see that you know you can't even have fun anymore. It's not really taunting. It's just you know, it's just giving him what he's giving back. If you can't take it, don't dish it. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, but it's gonna be a very interesting off season because of the fact that Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl. Um, Rob Gronkowski said himself, he wasn't even supposed to be here. He was supposed to be retired. Um, now we all knew they would team up again one day. I mean, I don't think there was a soul out there that didn't think that Tom Brady would be returning. And if Rob Gronkowski were asked that he would return as well, but to have two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, back to back, I mean, it was just insane. I just couldn't believe it. Um, I'm so happy for Rob Gronkowski. I'm so happy for Tom Brady. It's honestly, it is it is insane to even think that at the, at the ages these guys are at, that they're doing exactly what they're doing. And To a point that it's so elite of a level. They really don't have as much talent as you would think. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they have those guys. But, I mean, if you look at most of the teams around the league, they have guys like that. You know what I mean? Like Patrick Mahomes is so much younger. so You know, they say he's so much more talented than Tom Brady. He He has the second leading receiver who's his tight end in Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill is the fastest man on the planet, pretty much. Um, you have one of the greatest coaches of all time in and, and Andy Reid and a great defense, and you just couldn't get it done. And and it's just, it's insane to me to think that, you know, greatness prevails no matter who you're playing up against, who, no matter, you know, who's on that roster, if it's a super team or not. We saw this with the great man himself, one of the king of basketball right now, LeBron James, um, in 2016, defeated the 73 and nine Golden State Warriors. It doesn't matter who your roster is, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's just the fact of the matter is, if you are great, you will prevail. And I'm not trying to make you know be this Tom Brady Dick Ryder or anything like that. But man, last night he did. He did, He just showed. He just showed everybody how great he really was. And, and you know, Patrick Mahomes was a little injured, and that is a, you have to take that into consideration. But it really doesn't make that much of a difference when you look at how much talent he really has around him. I mean, and, and and the injury itself. It's not like this man's shoulder is broken. It's not like his leg is broken. It's a toe injury. His toe is injured. It doesn't change the fact that he's throwing. It doesn't change the fact of his decision-making. He had horrible decision-making last night. He was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. That's just the fact. Patrick Mahomes, they could say, oh, 497 yards. Yeah, only 33 were positive. Um, It's just... And I understand, you know, the blocking may not have been the best. But, I mean, you look at Mitchell Trubisky. You look at Josh Allen getting beat up the week prior. I don't feel bad for him at all. The Chiefs were being horrible to Josh Allen. The Chiefs were beating the absolute shit out of him in garbage time. They should not have been hitting him the way they were. And now they're upset because, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks weren't letting up on Patrick Mahomes. Tough shit, you know. Like I said earlier, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. And that's just the facts. Um, But what an amazing Super Bowl. What an amazing year. Um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, am they won it at home. Now we're gonna talk about the weekend's performance. I am not a big fan of the weekend. I never really have been. I can't. I couldn't name three songs if you asked me to, other than like the hills or something like that. Um, but I thought it was a good performance. I thought it was a good performance, and and I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think it was a great performance because of um the actual performance. I thought the meaning behind it made so much more sense. Um, and here's why. From so what what I'm what I'm gathering and from what everybody is telling me is, you know, he got into a car accident or something and he, and he had his like his face wrapped and everybody kept talking about him, talking shit, saying, oh, he got plastic surgery, blah, 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 blah. He had every single one of those guys in his band or whatever they were, the marching band, whatever the dancers, um, he had them all wearing face masks and, and, and face wraps and to to show How crazy the media really is, and how they just try to control these people's lives and dictate and write their own stories without even asking the individual. They just TMZ. I mean, we saw with the late and great Kobe Bryant, the first person to know was TMZ, which is insane to me. And and it's just the paparazzi, the media. It's all disgusting. And you know that's the business we're in, but it's just the facts that. These guys are dictating the world and trying to change these guys narratives trying to change their stories and it's and it's all a big part of a bigger corporation And you know, i'm not trying to be some hippie hipster with you guys But I do think it was a, it was a weird tribute Um to himself kind of just to stick it to him and saying i'm still here. I am my own person But if you want to write this story here it is and it's kind of, it was very interesting It was very interesting. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but it made sense to me It made perfect sense um, I got a great show for you guys today. You know, we're going to continue talking about conversations. Derrick Rose was traded to the New York Knicks to return with Tom Thibodeau, um, who, I mean, frankly, every single team Tom Thibodeau has ever coached the Chicago Bulls, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and now the New York Knicks, Tom, uh, Derrick Rose has been on every single one of those teams with him now. And, and it's going to be crazy. Derrick Rose has been announced to wear number four, which I think is very different. Like, just like Russell Westbrook, uh, just randomly changed the number four. It's one of those things, um, you know, you, you don't hate to see it, but like it's kind of like I wish he would wear number one again. I wish he would, you know, continue to wear 25. But if he wants to change and branch out, <laughs> take my money. I'll buy your jersey. Um, we're going to have a great show. We're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears rumors this weekend that are heated up uh, with Carson Wentz, Tariq Cohen's big, big spiel on Twitter, um, which was very exciting to hear about, was very exciting to talk about. We're going to get into all that right now. Starting off, kicking it off with Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks. Now this deal, and, and and I'll say this time and time again. When I said I wanted Derrick Rose to New York, I meant the Nets. I didn't mean the Knicks. I didn't mean the Knicks at all. And then they just give me the Knicks again and I'm just like, oh, okay, free Derrick Rose again. Um, put in the hashtag in the comments. Hashtag free Rose again. Because he literally just went from one shitty organization to a lesser shitty organization, but still just as shitty. They look better this year. Julius Randle is great. Um, R.J. Barrett is somewhat coming into his own. You know, you got guys like Mitchell Robinson. That's all great. And all uh, OB Toppin, you know, I mean, he's not doing much. He's a little banged up. um, But, you know, you never know. He could, you know, start to pop off midseason or something like that later in March, um, especially if they make the playoffs. But adding Derrick Rose, you know, they have Peyton as well. I think it's going to be a great year for the Knicks. I think they might sneak in and make the 8th seed, 7th seed. Especially with Tom Thibodeau coaching them. I just truly just wish he would have went to a contender. And and a part of this I do blame on Derek. And here's why. It is not the fact that, you know, any part of it is his fault based off his talent, based off his skill. I just don't think he pushes for it. I don't think he cares to be on a super team with Harden, Kyrie, and, and Durant, and, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think he cares. I don't think he cares to to do that. I think he wants to do it his way. I think if he wins a championship, he wants it to be generic. He wants it to be, you know, from the ground up. I don't think, he, you know, we saw that in around uh, decision day for LeBron James when he decided to go to, to the Miami Heat. There were rumors that these guys were going to team up and go to Chicago. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah. Um, you know, Luol Dang and Jimmy Butler was coming in soon in the fold and, and there were it was going to be a super team and Taj Gibson as well. It was going to be a super team and there was potential that we could have even landed Chris Bosh if we really wanted to. Um, but a lot of people say that Derek didn't push for that. Derek didn't want that. It's not that he didn't want that. He just he didn't push for it. He was fine if it happened, but he didn't care if it didn't. And and I think that's a big part of Derrick Rose. I think it's the respect that I have for him is that he doesn't need a super team to win. He wants to do it on his own. And I think that's a big part of why he signed with the Pistons because they had a decent squad, you know, with Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, etc., etc. Um, they just couldn't get it done. They just couldn't get it done, and they couldn't click. They couldn't stay healthy, and the, you know they don't even have the coaching. It's just very unfortunate that Derek couldn't go somewhere like the L.A. Clippers. You know, there were rumors the Miami Heat, the Clippers, the Bucks, um, and the Lakers and others were interested as well. I would have loved to see him in Chicago. I think Chicago would have been the best place for him, um, but, you know, I, I think we're way past that. I think he will one day return to retire, um, but I doubt we actually see him return to win a championship just because I think we are— are uh, still a couple years away mainly because Wendell Carter Jr and others can't remain healthy uh Laurie marketing as well it's just very unfortunate to see that um one of my big points that I want to make right now though is I do think this is going to be a decent trade I think this is going to be you know I mean th- keeping it on keeping it real with you <laughs> they won this trade the, the Knicks won this trade by a landslide I mean the Pistons really did not get much in return and I and I'll send you the trade right now um it's a very interesting trade because you know they really didn't just they just really didn't give up much. Um one thing I think that's very the most interesting part about it is Tibbs and um Derek Rose because you know there are some people that you, that hate on Tibbs simply because of the fact that you know you would question why he was even in against the 76ers when he tore his ACL and they were up by so much. Um but at the end of the day, you know it is what it is. We don't know if that would have happened, anyways, or what would have, what would have came from that. Anything could have happened. It's it's frankly, and and what I really want to attribute to this, is Tom though. it's it's all love and respect for Tom because Tom goes out and gives Derrick Rose these chances. You know he gave him a chance in Minnesota. Derrick Rose gives a, gives him something back by scoring a career high fifty points. I mean in a game on Halloween. Um, and I remember that. I remember I was so mad I wasn't watching the game. I was watching some scary movie with my friends at the time. Um, I think we were watching The Conjuring or something, and I just kept getting updates that Derrick Rose scored 15 points. Derrick Rose scored 30 points. Derrick Rose, 45. Derrick Rose, 50. And I was just, like, freaking out, and everybody didn't understand why. Um, but it's it's going to be a very interesting interesting trade, especially because, you know, we really don't know – How great of a trade this is going to be because Derrick Rose hasn't been playing as much. But when he is, he's been very efficient. Um, Now we're going to break down the trade and really talk about it right now. The trade itself is pretty simple. Um, The trade is exactly... Dennis Smith Jr. and a future 2021 second round pick via Charlotte. Um, this is something that I just think is a complete steal. Dennis Smith Jr., he had a great first couple of years in the league. It wasn't anything special, Um, but he has just completely fallen off the face of the earth. He hasn't been playing. I'm um, not sure even what's wrong with him. You know, his, in 2017, you know, he averaged 15 points. 2018, uh, he averaged 12. 2018, 14. Uh, Again, when he got traded to New York was 14 and a half points per game. Now, 2019 was five points per game in 34 games played. He's played three games so far this year, averaging three points. He's just not great. He's not, you know, what you could have gotten for Derrick Rose. I think you could have gotten a lot better because he is a six-man candidate of the year, most definitely, Um, when he is playing and when the, you know, if the Pistons did play him more. They, were, they weren't playing him because they didn't want to risk injury. They wanted to get all the trade they could from him. And Derrick Rose just said, enough is enough. Um, get me out of here. And, and it's completely understandable. Now, one thing Jimmy Butler said, and I, I think it's really funny, he said, Tibbs is trying to get the band back together. And I think he definitely is because Taj Gibson is there as well. Um, Joakim Noah retired, but I'm sure if Joakim wanted to come back as like an as a assistant coach or a bench coach or something like that, I'm sure he would. Um, it would be great if Jimmy Butler would, would go to the Knicks, but I doubt it happens. I, I, I truly believe he loves being a Miami Heat. Um, he loves the culture with Pat Riley and all of them. Um, but it's just the fact that it's true. Tibbs wants Derek to succeed with him. They, he wants nobody else to be his point guard. He feels super comfortable running the offense through Derek as it should be. And I think that's an amazing tribute to him. I think that's something very special that not a lot of players and coaches have that bond together, especially after being through so many teams together as they have so many ups, so many downs. I mean, he just fully believes and is committed to Derek Rose. Um, what do I think this means for Derek Rose going into this year? You know, right now, if we're looking at the standings, I'm going to check it out for you. Um, I believe the New York Knicks are in the playoff contending picture right now. As of right now, we're only like 20 plus games in. Yeah, the Knicks are sitting at the eighth seed with 11 and 14 record. Um, You know, I mean, and really, if they win two more games, they would jump all the way up to the fifth or to the to the fourth seed. They're, it, it's so tight of a race now. right now. I will read you the wins from one to 10 right now. All right, so leading off is the 76ers at 17 wins. Now I'm not going to name every single team because, you know, we're just we could do this all day. Um but after 17 it goes 15, 14, 12, 12, 11, 11, 11, 10 and 10. The Bulls are sitting at 11th with 9, who are also tied with the Heat who at, or are at 12. They just have one more loss than we do, which is insane because the Heat are the 14th team, not even in the playoff picture, just made the finals. Um which just tells you how insane this year really is and a short, you know, a short uh, off season. But, you know, it's one of those things I'm really curious to just see what happens with everything, what happens with, you know, the, the, the finals and and if there's a bubble or what they do with that, because that changed everything last year. It really did. And you see guys like Anthony Davis really struggling because they don't spend as much time as their body uh, as LeBron James does. LeBron James puts over a million dollars a year into his body every offseason. And, and that's exactly why, at the age of 36 years old, he's playing at such an elite level. He is an MVP candidate right now, which is insane. Tim, Kevin Durant, um, honestly, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid takes the cake for me. I mean, you're not only winning the, winning the conference, you're leading the league as a big man. I mean, that's insane. Jokic as well. Um, there's, a, there's a few other candidates. Bradley Beal. I'm sorry. I don't care if you missed the playoffs or not. I think you are an MVP candidate. I don't care what anybody else says. He is, without a doubt, one of the be- the best scorers in the league right now. Um, you know, wiping the floor with guys like James Harden, et cetera, et cetera. But that's all I really say. For Derrick Rose, I'm happy if they make the playoffs, but I hope when he is a free agent this offseason, he does decide, you know what, I'm going to chase the ring. I'm going to team up with so and so. Maybe it's LeBron. Maybe it's Kawhi and the Clippers. Maybe it's the Bucks. Maybe it's, you know, the Nets. It really doesn't maybe, you know, and I said it from the jump, I thought if James Harden would have went to um went to the seventy sixers, you know, trade Ben Simmons for that and then and then you flip it by grabbing Derrick Rose as well, I thought that would be amazing. Um but if you want to do that with the Nets or maybe even do that with the Seventy Sixers, find a way you know, to maybe trade Bradley Beal and and Ben Simmons and then find a way to get Derrick in there. There's a lot of different scenarios and a lot of you guys are probably listening to me like none of that would ever happen. I've been right a lot of times. I've never really been wrong. Uh, So just bear with me there. Keep that in my open mind. Um, But that's all I really got for the Derrick Rose stuff today. Love you, Derrick. We love you forever. You're always our MVP. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. Full health, full success. And, man, I can't wait to see you, Tibbs, and Taj just running back. I mean, it's going to be great to watch. And I can't wait. I, I do wonder, do they have a game today? Um, because I don't know if Derek would be there or not. They have a game tomorrow against the Miami Heat. That is going to be a great game if Derek plays. Uh, Jimmy Butler versus Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson and Tom Thibodeau. Uh, wow, that would, be, that would be an insane game. And then you would have the point guards clashing. You would have two Chicago natives in Kendrick Nunn and Derrick Rose going at each other. That'd be an amazing game. That really would. That would be solid, especially if Kendrick Nunn is healthy. I haven't really kept up with him too much this year. Um, But our next topic, our next topic is one of my favorite topics that we're going to be having today. Um, Carson Wentz to the Chicago Bears is pretty much set in stone. They just really just don't, haven't finalized a deal yet. Now, we're not really sure what they're giving up. There were a lot of rumors that we were going to be giving up more than what the Rams gave up to get Matthew Stafford, which is three first-round picks. You know, your starting quarterback, and then a future third or something like that, and then taking on a shit ton of money, which I was completely against because Carson Wentz, as, as great as he was in 2017 and as an MVP candidate, you know, if he didn't tear his ACL in week, whatever it was, 15 or 16, 17, whatever it was, he was going to win the MVP. And they probably still were going to lead all the way to the Super Bowl because of the momentum that Philly honestly had. Um, you know, you obviously Nick Foles took over and went, you know, the Philly special and all that, Super Bowl MVP, he's just not working out in Chicago or in Jacksonville. And and that's why he's a part of this trade. And and what's rumored right now, at least what was rumored, Tariq Cohen shot it down and we're gonna get into that in a minute. But what was rumored was a twenty twenty one first round pick, Nick Foles, which is insane because they just drafted Jalen Hurts, but I understand why they want him, um, because of the locker room culture and they all miss Nick. And they even I believe I'm not mistaken, they have a statue of Nick Foles in front of the Philadelphia Eagles, um stadium, which, you know, why they decided to stay with Carson after that, I don't know. It's beyond me. But anyways, um, it's it's a 2021 first round pick, Nick Foles and Tariq Cohen. It says either Tariq Cohen or another offensive weapon. And I say that because, you know, it kind of got ruled out that it's not Tariq Cohen after this following tweet um, by him, which which was completely insane. I'm going to see if he still has it posted up. But it was, it was something very interesting. He said, and it, I believe it was uh, Saturday night. Let me find it real quick. Um, wow, everybody is lighting up Tariq Cohen's Instagram. It is insane right now. <laughs> but um, basically what he said was he just got off the phone with, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and, and he knows for a fact that he's not getting traded. And, and that's one of the biggest things. Um, here it is right here. Tariq Cohen, one day ago, quote, let me clear this up real quick. Just got off the phone with my head coach and general manager. Bears fans, we locked in. Don't worry. People say anything nowadays, man. End quote. That is what Tariq Cohen said when, they, when the rumor was going around that he was going to be traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz and maybe like a second round, third round pick. Um, honestly, if that were to happen, I love Tariq. I really do. But I wouldn't be too upset with it. I wouldn't be too upset with it because if our offensive player, other than Nick Foles that we're giving up, is our backup running back coming off an ACL injury. I'm not upset with it at all, because Dave Montgomery has proved he can be the number one guy. Artavius Pierce is solid. Cordell Patterson will probably return. Um, you know, you just you just hate to see Tariq go. You love Tariq, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, if, if, that were, if it were to go down that way, then I wouldn't be the maddest person in the world. I would completely understand it. And it's one of those things that, you know, as great as Carson wentz could be, I just think he is not the right guy for chicago um I think if it if he is to come here, I will fully support him. I will fully be on board. I am just sharing my honest opinion right now. I think we should go after derek Carr and and you and if you listen to my video the other day where I talk about it i i get, I dive deep into you know quarterbacks. I think we should go after Carson wentz. I talked about ten quarterbacks almost. Carson wentz was not one of those guys. Carson wentz was somebody he is so expensive. He costs so much money. I just do not think he's worth it by any means. I think um, he's just worth just way more than people think. And, you know, he just has locker room issues. He got upset with the Nick Foles situation. And here's my biggest point. If Nick Foles is on this team and Carson Wentz, we're going to have some problems. So Nick Foles has to be a part of the deal. There's no question about that. But then who's our backup quarterback? Who's our backup quarterback if Nick Foles is gone? Tyler Bray. It's it, we would need to figure out so much more. That's why I think in free agency you go after, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo or or Jameis Winston or something along those lines, maybe even trade for Sam Darnold if he's available. Um or or trade for Derek Carr, which is preferable for me. Who is an elite quarterback if you don't believe me, look up his stats. Um, but yeah, that's honestly how I feel. I really just don't think this is an amazing signing. I don't think it would be an amazing trade, especially if, you know, we're paying the most of it. I mean, we have to find out how much they're actually willing to pay because the fact of the matter isn't how much money, you know, are they going to take on It's How much are we going to give up and then still have to pay? Because we have guys like Roquan Smith, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, the list goes on and on of all guys we have to pay by 2021, 2022, um so that's really the facts and and, then another point that I really want to make is you know what are we going to do once we get them because we'd be losing a first round draft pick we're going to be losing we might get a second in return that's like 20 spots later um but we need that offensive tackle we need that offensive line at the end of the day we're gonna have Deshaun Watson at quarterback and I don't think we could win the Super Bowl because our offensive play caller can't call plays Matt Nagy's an idiot Bill Lazor is incompetent for most of the time um he looked decent, but he's not. You know, it's not going to be consistent once they figure him out. Um, Chuck Pagano wasn't going to get us anywhere. It's it's just one of those things. And uh, what's this other kid's name? Sean D- D- Desai or something. Um, we really don't know what he's going to be. It's it's a very interesting conversation. We have so many holes. We have to figure out strong safety. We have to figure out another linebacker because Danny Trevathan is getting older and aging. Uh, Roquan Smith could leave if he chooses to. you know, guys like Chaz Surratt from UNC are available. I think we should go after them. Um, I'm talking very fast, but at the end of the day, it's because of how nervous I am. You know, Allen Robinson might leave. There's so many guys we have to figure out. Allen Robinson just posted, hey, maybe I want to win a Super Bowl. Um, Obviously, he's not talking about winning one here. So for me, going into the 2021 offseason, I just expect, you know, I don't really even expect anything. I don't know what to expect anymore. My biggest focus right now um and it truly is. It's a very upsetting topic. It's a very it's something that, you know, we really don't even know how to even dive into this and have this conversation. But I think there's a lot of different things that are going to happen throughout the league. One of my biggest things I think we I wanna talk about right now, um I wanna be the first person to say it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo returns to the New England. Um I think him and Bill Belichick run it back as they want as they intended, but Robert Kraft stopped it because Tom Brady got upset. Um I think that's a possibility but you know for the Chicago Bears if if we trade this first round draft pick I I honestly I think we're fucked I really do unless it's for Deshaun Watson and and even with Deshaun Watson you still need to you just need to pay so many guys we literally missed our window of opportunity by not drafting Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes it's just the facts it's the facts of everything I love Mitchell Trubisky I'm a Mitchell Trubisky supporter but my issue with that is we were Super Bowl ready you know, by getting rid of Robbie Gold, by not drafting them. You know, we had Cody Parkey and Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you know, we went after Matt Nagy instead of someone better. It's just there's a lot of different things that go into it. And, yes, he won Coach of the Year that year. But that was, honestly, I would have gave that Vic Fangio um, if it were possible. Because it was really his defense that made us 12-4, and four, not our offense. Um, we just got always got out by the scape of our teeth with, you know, little cute trick plays that made us satisfied enough. To where uh, we were okay with the win. But at the end of the day, a lot of the Chicago Bears, you know, dynasty that could have been um, was just a lot of smoke and mirrors after Vic Fangio left. There was a lot of, you know, oh, let's cover it up with Chuck Pagano. Let's blame Mitchell Trubisky. Let's blame Nick Foles. Let's blame Cody Parkey. Let's blame this. Let's blame that. Now we're going to blame the defense. But at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And, you know, you're really going to have to reconstruct this defense because they are getting older. Robert Quinn is old. Buster Screen is old. Um, you let guys go like Nick Kwiatkowski. Um and, and, and Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos, and you replaced him with guys like Ha Clinton Dix, um, Danny Trevathan and all these other guys, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And Akeem Hicks is getting old as well. I love him, but he's getting old. There's no doubt about it. Um, Eddie Goldman. have no have no idea what's happening with Eddie Goldman right now, um, whether he's going to return or not for 2021. But because he opted out in 2020, what would change anything if, you know, you're not vaccinated and all that stuff? Um, it's going to be a very interesting year. I just think, you know, adding Carson Wentz does not change anything. It really doesn't. I think, you know, he might throw 4,000 yards if Allen Robinson stays, but Allen Robinson wants a ring. So, I mean, what? and he wants his payday, and are we going to give him that? I mean, if we're going to pay Carson Wentz before we pay Allen Robinson, something is wrong. Something is strategically and financially wrong with the Chicago Bears organization and the Chicago Bears front office. There is no doubt in my mind that he should be getting paid. So, with that being said, you know, there are a lot of different things I think could happen I just think there are a lot of drastic changes that need to be made. I think Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, all uh, wide receivers we should be looking at right now. You know, I mean, with Allen Robinson leaving, Riley Ridley never getting the opportunity he deserves, Anthony Miller not living up to his potential, um, and so many other things going on. You know, I mean, I do like Sam Mustaford. I do like Alex Bars. I think they could be a part of this. You cut Bobby Massey, obviously. Um, Figure out what you're doing with Charles Leno Jr. And just, Jermaine Fetty, see ya. Never, I never want to see you again. Um, see, Like, dude, I don't even want to get into it. Um, Coward needs to go. Spriggs can stay. Um, there's just so many things that we need to figure out as a unit. And that's all I really got to say about that. Carson Wentz, I'm not fully on board, but I'm not, like, against it. It's just... You have more priorities right now that I want to see them go again, go up for, um, than grabbing that. And I also want to say, if Carson Wentz thinks he's coming in here and wearing number eleven over Darnell Mooney, you're sadly mistaken. You better pick a new number, brother. Um, and I wouldn't wear six, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear ten because those numbers are the fans are already livid about it. Um, and I wouldn't wear nine either. Honestly, Nick Foles tainted that too. Um, it's one of those things, though, you know. I just don't think it's going to be fixed overnight. This is not a one, you know, get a quarterback and you fix the situation. You still have a defensive coordinator who's brand new to the uh, having the job as full-time defensive coordinator. I mean, this guy was a safeties coach for like seven years or something. He is, I mean, I it's just all over the place right now. Um, but anyways, I got one more topic for you guys today and then I'm going to head out. It's going to be a very brief one. Albert Almora Jr. has just signed with the New York Mets. The Chicago Cubs have now lost another member of the 2016 team. Um, right now, if I'm really looking at it, here is the 2016 team. And I'll read you the names, and it'll make you feel nostalgic. Lester, Hamill, Hayward, Lastella, Chapman, Schwarber, Soler, Grimm, Fowler, Contreras, Lackey, Madden, Baez, Ross, Montero, Montgomery, Russell, Arrieta, Rondone, Cahill, Smith, Bryant, Hendricks, Rizzo, Strope, Wood, Zobris, Edwards, Zastrini, um, Almora, Sager, Coglin. Uh, um, yeah, that's the team. Um, right now, you want me to read you the guys who are currently still on the team? And Ross doesn't count because he's not, you know, a catcher anymore. He's not a part of the team that he was. He's just the manager. Um, It's Baez, Contreras, Rizzo, Hendricks, Bryant, and Hayward. That's it. We lost everybody. It's insane. It's insane, isn't it? It's insane to think that. I mean, you can count Ross if you want, but honestly, I wouldn't just because he's not the same position and he wasn't what he was when he was here then. Um, it's very different. It's just insane. Albert Mora Jr. is now gone from that team. Um, you know, God bless you. I hope you, I wish you nothing but the best on the Mets. I hope he's successful, honestly. Um, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, that's all I really got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out. God bless. See you Wednesday.